Okay, this is podcast episode number one. Uh, my name's Clayton Rotz, and I'm here with Seth B. Secker. We've been wanting to do this for a while, and we figured with hunting season five days away, the Pennsylvania archery opener five days away, now's as good a time as ever. We're going to try and bring you guys podcasts through the season. Um, I'll be posting my blog through the season about how we're doing, hopefully what we're killing, what we're seeing, and um, today I think we're just going to get right into it, and we're going to talk with Seth um, kind of about what he's got coming up, how he's been gearing up for the season, um, how he's got his gear tuned in, what new equipment he's been running this year, um, and then we're going to go into Lord knows what other topics after that, but um, Seth B. Secker, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody out there? Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? Um, like Clayton said, we've been talking about doing this for a while, so uh, just wanted to sit down and, and talk a little bit to you guys. Um, there's so much stuff out there nowadays about hunting and outdoors, and especially hunting that it's hard to sometimes separate, you know, fact from fish, fiction out there, and Clayton and I always get a good chuckle at you know, what people are posting on social media. And so we laugh about it, but then we never really change anything or do anything about it. So we said, hey, why don't we start a, a podcast up and, and talk about, you know, the stuff that we like to do and how we get geared up and uh, just see where it goes. So um, looking forward to, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So. I'd like to say as we're recording this, we fully had planned on going scouting tonight, but it is raining like it does every single day in Chambersburg now. And we're sitting at the edge of my garage, looking out over the corn and the soybeans. Um, just kind of wishing we were hunting tonight, but we're not. So we're going to go over a couple things. Yeah. Um, Seth, why don't you give us a little rundown? Yeah, so I, I guess that's a point. So we're from uh, south-central Pennsylvania. We do most of our hunting in and around the south central Pennsylvania Chambersburg sort of area um you know sometimes we venture into neighboring states but most you know my life I've grown up hunting in and around south central Pennsylvania bow hunting mostly south central PA. yeah exactly so West that, Virginia yeah uh bow hunting turkey hunting you know we, we enjoy getting out after everything but just to give you a little bit of background there that's Pretty much when we're talking about hunting, it's going to be focused on um, hunting in and around South Central Pennsylvania. So, and I can say you're probably like me. When it's turkey season, you hate deer hunting. When it's deer season, you think turkey hunting is stupid. <laughs> uh, so, um, why don't you give us a little rundown with the bow this year, man? Yes. Yeah, what so, bow are you shooting? Yeah, so I've uh, been shooting the Elite. Um, answer for probably four or five years now so uh dialed in it's dialed in you know you always get started up uh in july and sort of ramp up from there you know you start out a few arrows and it's hot and you're like man I, I can't really get into this yet but then as it creeps into august it just starts weighing on your mind more and more so yeah the last few months just been shooting a lot um i feel like i in. shoot better in july sometimes than i do in september yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? sort of how it goes. You're not really... It's like your first round of golf of the year. You're not thinking about it. No, you no, go out, no... play good. Next yeah. time you come out, you start thinking about it. Exactly. Golf ball's going all over the place. Arrow's going all over the place. Yeah. So you sort of build into September, though. So our, our season usually opens up the last Saturday of September or first Saturday of October in Pennsylvania. So, um, What arrows are you shooting? I'm uh, shoot, shooting those uh, gold tips. Gold tips, that's right. Yeah. So got the gold tips with the, uh, the Slick Trick broadheads. Been shooting the broadhead, uh, the Slick Tricks, the last three seasons now. Um, killed a couple bucks with them. Um, nothing last year, but the two previous seasons had really good success with them. Um, have tried a bunch of different broadheads over the years, but... I just like the idea of shooting a fixed blade, and, and the slick trick for me has been the only 
not the only one that I've shot, but one of the only ones that I found that has shot exactly like my field tips. So, um, hundred grains, hundred grain standards. Yeah, hundred so. grains are shooting so much better than my one twenty five. Yeah, you're running those too, right? I'm running the one hundreds. Yeah, I went out elk hunting Colorado last year. Guide wanted me shooting something a little heavier, so I went with the Slick Trick 125s. I think they're an inch and an eighth, Slick Trick yeah. Magnums. Yeah, I think so. And I was listening to Dudley's podcast this year. Yeah. Shout out John Dudley. And he was saying something that I, you know, it's easy to get caught up. Like, you read stuff online, you see stuff on Instagram, you talk to the guys at the local shop, and everybody gets hung up on, like, well, you got to shoot hundreds, you got to shoot 150s. And Dudley's like, just become your own Bowtech. And start actually trying stuff. Yeah. So, like, you know what? I'm just going to get hundreds, and I'm going to get my hundreds back out because I was shooting 125s the whole time. Next thing you know, I'm just throwing those hundreds right in there. My 125s are all over the place. And, like, yeah. For Pennsylvania Whitetail, you know, they don't have the biggest cutting diameter, but like you always say, if you put it in their lungs, it doesn't matter what it is, it's going to take them down. Yeah, I mean, I think that's important. I mean, just talking about gear in general, like, just don't get caught up in what everybody's doing on social media. You know, figure out wor- what works for you and then stick to it. I mean, you just, it's marketing is taking over the hunting industry so bad. We talk about this all the time. It's like, h- how did people kill deer 100 years ago? Correct. You know? It's Correct. just like, find something that works for you and then just wear it out. And I mean, so whether it's broadheads or your camo patterns or your tree stands, whatever it is, you know, be confident in what you're hunting with. For for me, when I'm shooting my bow, confidence outweighs pretty much everything else that I'm doing. It's just like you said, going to the golf course. If you have confidence in your 20 year old uh, putter, you know, you don't need to switch up and get the latest new putter. And you know, just because Tiger or somebody else is using it, you know, go with. Go with what's working for you and what you're making putts with, and the same way with archery. Yeah, I think you know me well enough. Probably, I don't know how many people are going to listen to this first podcast, but it's probably somebody who knows who's listening to this is going to know me and say, you know, I'm a gear freak. <laughs> uh, I'm easily swayed by new stuff, but I've found some gear that I like, and it's sick, and it's you know, it's probably more expensive than it needs to be. But there's a spot on the family farm where there is some 2x4s nailed into the tree. Have you ever seen that spot over there? Yeah. And every time I, like, walk past that spot in my expensive gear with boots on and, like, my new bow, I'm like, gosh, whoever, like, drove these 2x4s in and probably just stood on a <laughs> limb or some, like, sh- crappy platform up there has probably killed 10 times more deer than i have was probably had like some red plaid shirt on yeah you know 30 30 huge chaw full of red man (laughs) sling and he's just up there crushing bucks in pennsylvania and you know we're talking about like i was calling you the other day talking about hex gear (laughs) (laughs) and like i'm sure it works but i think we've said this before like how many times do we say, you know, yeah, it may work, but, you know, is that what we is that what we want to turn into? You know, do we want to have, be out there with air conditioners, right, hanging over to take all of our scent away with right. some bow shooting four hundred feet a second? Yeah, you know, like it. You may kill more deer, you may not, but like, yeah, you got to draw the line somewhere. I mean, I've always said just woodsmanship, you know, scouting, preparation, that kind of stuff kills way more, whether you're talking about turkeys or deer, mature bucks, whatever it is. Woodsmanship, preseason scouting, all all those things trump gear, you know, um, for me day in and day out. If, if you hunt right, hunt the wind, you know, that kind of stuff where you're talking about deer hunting or you're talking about turkey hunting. Uh, knowing the lay of the land, doing your preceding scouting, knowing where the turkeys are, um, all those things outweigh gear. But, you know, that's, that's, 
it's the 21st century hunter right now, man. How many hashtags can you put up on Instagram? Correct. You know, how many sponsors can you tag? Whatever it is. And that's fine. Like, I'm happy for those people. It's good that they're out there, you know, representing the hunting community and and doing whatever they got to do. But people just, I just, for new and young hunters getting into it, which maybe this podcast we listened to by some new hunters, like, you you don't need all that stuff to go out and have fun in the field and be successful, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So. No, and how many times, like speaking of social media, how many times do you scroll through Instagram in November and you see like some Illinois farmer in a jean jacket with some John Deere hat on with a 215-inch buck that he just shot? Yeah. You know, and then you got the next dude in the latest and greatest with 15 sponsorships holding up like a 115. <laughs> <laughs> Stretch to 120. Stretching it to 120. <laughs> probably calling it a 140. Yeah. Um, it's just... you Talking about how hard he hunted that week. I hunted so hard, you know. Yeah. I hunted so hard for this deer that I've never seen before in my life. And I don't know where this podcast is going to go. Whoever listens to it is probably going to hear us do a little bit of hating <laughs> on some folks out there. We'll try not to mention any names just in case it ever gets out there. But, you know, I'm probably hypocritical sometimes because I hate on the social media hunting world so much. And then I get sucked into it, too, sometimes. So Yeah. It goes both ways, and look, like we understand it, what they're doing, and it's a business for them. It, it's it's a more of a business now than it's ever been. Yeah, so we get it. It's just like for new guys getting into it, and and people trying to get into hunting. It's it's that's not what it's all about, and, and that's like you should you should sort of learn to get more out of hunting than how many hashtags you can put on your picture and how many likes you get and that kind of stuff. So when, when it sounds like we're hating, we're not really hating. It's just. How we grew up and how we got into hunting is not anything like it is now somewhat, you know, with social media. And so it's just trying to get back to the roots of some of the stuff, too. So Yeah, 100%. I think I'm going to try to do a way better job this year. You know, with everything that's been going on with these couple of, <laughs> couple of spots we've been scouting and hunting this year and, like, getting worried about, you know, bucks we're scouting and stuff like that. It's great to try and kill big bucks, and that's what we all want to do, but... See, at the end of the day, it's like, think about the first time you ever, your dad or your pap ever took you out. Yeah. And you just saw, like, a doe or a, you were a so button buck walk by. You're like, oh, my gosh. And now it's like, <coughs> I feel like I'll see a button buck. I don't even, like, if I'm looking at my phone, I don't even pick my head up sometimes. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, you're sitting in your tree stand <laughs> like, oh, hunting cares? on your phone. Right. I mean, that's what it is. And I know yeah. I'm not alone when I do no, that. No, 100%. I you do know, the same thing. It's like, okay, as a doe, who cares? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's just gotten so far away from that. But, I mean, so talking about some of the new places you've been scouting out, do you want to you talk a little bit about that now? I mean, or I don't want to talk about any, I don't want to talk about where I'm scouting. But, no. But I'll talk but about. Just some of the stuff we've been dealing with and going through. Kind of what we've been doing this year is. Yeah. Why don't you talk about that? Or So, Let's talk about the gear that you're running, though, first for your bow. And um, I'm shooting an older Matthews Helium um, slow bow, but very quiet. Like it. Um, I mean, it's dialed in right now. Like you said, it's hard See, when you're throwing yeah. darts to just... yeah. You there's know, another one of those comments slow bow like the deer doesn't know it's slow the deer doesn't know it's slow <laughs> yeah, if it like, can't hear it coming who cares yeah. how fast it's getting like there? we we hunt basically you know mountains and farmlands of central pennsylvania so max shooting around here is 40 yards if you get a 40 yard shot on a deer like that's going to be a very very long shot so not to say speed doesn't matter if you're hunting out west and, you, you know, 60, 70, 80-yard shots are more common. Definitely faster bows make a huge difference. Where we hunt, you know, where 25 yards or less than 20 yards could possibly be your average shot, it doesn't matter if your bow is 260 or 320. I mean, it's, it's just... Just get it in there quietly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're splitting hairs. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm shooting the Matthews Helium, running Slick Tricks as well. Victory RIPs. My man down in Louisiana um, turned me on to the Victories a couple years ago. I really like them. Um, if I go out west next year, will I probably switch to something a little bit heavier? Probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got a sweet whitetail set up right now, though. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I wanted to talk about today was new stuff we're trying. And kind of while I'm on my bow setup. I just put the Nocturnal Knox in play this week, probably a little bit late, but I lost a deer last year because I lost the arrow, wasn't sure about the hit, jumped her, you know, one of those deals. It was 75 degrees. Bad situation. What can you do? Yeah. You got to go in there. Um, even my blue tick couldn't find her the next day. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bad situation. But... I'm just trying to give myself one degree more advantage to become more ethical. Because I think at the end of the day, we want to shoot big bucks. But, you know, I'm trying to kill whatever animal that I'm hunting as fast as possible. Yeah. That's all everybody wants. I don't like to see him. Correct. I don't like to see him squirm. You know, you you want him to have a... A quick death and honor the animal, but I think that's one more thing that's going to make me more effective this year. Um, Did you notice any difference in your arrows when you put those on? Like no, I thought so. I would. They're still super light. Yeah. Um, and what I really like, I, I, it's my first time using lighted knocks. Yeah. So I don't know how most of the other knocks turn off. Yeah. But these, you just take a field tip, and they have a little switch, and you just push it in. Don't. And just pop the button up and it turns right off. Oh, that's nice. They have like 20 hours of battery life. Yeah. Now, I've heard good, th- heard good things about the They're slim. Cars. They're super bright. Like I told you, I was shooting them after my workout this morning when it was still dark. Yeah. And that sucker looked like a laser beam <laughs> going down the driveway this morning. It was awesome. Just wanted to bury it behind the shoulder of a buck. Just wanted to see it, yeah, going right through the pump station. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I don't think I'm – I think I'm – Using a lot of my same stuff from last year. Um, yeah, you mentioned you're already running the s- slick tricks. We went through that. Seth gives me so much crap about how big of a proponent I am of Sitka gear. Um, but I am. I started using their stuff a couple years ago. I don't see where you can improve it. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's the ultimate compliment. It's unimprovable. It's unimprovable. <laughs> I mean, I got there like like uh, ESW pants, the lightweight pants. Yeah. No, their stuff's good, man. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like anything else. What's yeah. not good now? I mean, that's the thing. Under Armour stuff's good. It's all good. I've never used First Light. I've heard their stuff's really good. QU. You QU. Know, you um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, the gear nowadays that's available to hunters has just gotten ridiculous. And probably, like, most of the gear is, I just, I come from such a competitive background with playing competitive golf my whole life that, like, I I have this weird feeling, like, if I'm not using the best stuff, then I'm at a disadvantage. Somebody's out there. And even though I'm hunting, like, I'm not competing against anybody. That makes sense. But I just want the best stuff to like, scra- like check that off the list. Like I'm, I didn't not kill that deer because my, right. Because I had a good, because I had my bow set up perfect. I didn't. It wasn't because you know I wasn't comfortable. I didn't get cold. Um, yeah. They didn't see me. They didn't smell me. So like the more stuff you can check off. It all goes back to that that confidence thing, man. Right. Like your confidence and you're confident in what you're doing. So. You know, whether it be your bow or, like you said, comfort is a huge thing. So, I mean, in Pennsylvania. Huge, especially once November gets Yeah, there. I mean, you'll go from, you know, early season where the daytime highs will literally, you know, in the early season could be 80. And then by the end of the season, last year I remember hunting the last day of the season, it was high of like 17 or 20 degrees. Freezing. With, 
30 mile an hour winds so i mean freezing i sat all day that day yes so you're by the way yes so it's it's giving yourself confidence in what you're doing and i i get that man i mean it makes sense i I just get on you about it because sometimes people worry about it too much in my opinion and it's like you know indians were killing deer our forefathers killing deer like they didn't have sick what like what no like I got that recurve bow this year, and yeah. I still fully intend on taking it hunting. Hopefully, after I get some meat in the freezer, it's not going to be my <laughs> sole source of of how I try and you know fill my tags this year. But after shooting that stick bow, and you shot it too, oh man! Like shooting a shooting a compound bow, it's like feel, cheating. It feels like you're <laughs> shooting a crossbow compared to a compound right. bow. Right, right. You know, it's like it feels like you're cheating. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that, I think that's, I think we covered gear pretty good this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on to the next thing, scouting. I think that's kind of where we were going. Um, I think both Seth and I over the past, especially myself. So I, I, you know, we have a family farm. And I'm a huge proponent proponent of planting food plots. Um, I think it has probably gone overboard last the last couple of years. Seth dogs on me so hard about my food plots, but I I like I said I enjoy like the planting aspect. It's kind of like new school, old school here a little bit. And trying to yeah, <laughs> don't let him fool you. He's not that old school. But you know what I'm saying, like. I, it's like planting the garden. We both do gardens. Oh, yeah. It's almost like you just like to plant it to see if you can get it to grow. Just to see if you can do it. Yeah. And then, you know, then I'll hang my stands from there. But um, I think the last two and a half years, you've probably turned me more onto the white oaks. Yeah. But it hasn't hurt that our crops in the last couple of years in PA and the white oaks have been pretty solid. Yeah. Especially I mean, last year. Yeah, exactly. For us, I mean, yeah, for me, hunting those oaks in the early season especially, I mean, that's what, I mean, so I I grew up pretty much hunting mountains my whole life, and so basically that's the food source that I was always taught to key in on, where the oaks are falling, and it seems like that's where you're always going to have your best chances to catch a buck early season. I mean, as you move into the rut, everything, you know, completely changes, but Early season, you got to understand what the food sources are where you're hunting. And the food plots are great, and you can kill a lot of deer out of food plots. But when those white oaks start hitting the ground, man, you got to be on those suckers. And you might not be in a place where there is a place to either plant food plot or there might be no ag around there. Yeah, exactly. So knowing the food source, I mean, so if you think about a white-tailed deer and what they're trying to do, man, so they basically want to... So first off, they want to survive, you know, so if they can achieve that, then they, you know, want to breed, you know, and that's basically the two premises, you know, that a white-tailed deer makes all of their decisions off of. And depending and it, on the time of year, those may not be. Right, exactly. Ex- be that's how you around. can, yeah, exactly, in no particular <laughs> order sometimes. But then in between that is just, okay, where can I find feed and security, you know, to around these other two parts of their lives and you know if you just think of a white-tailed deer in those aspects or like that paradigm then i think you have a more basic fundamental idea of how the white-tailed brain's mind or what he's thinking about so survival one and then you know especially during you know late october through november breeding but then just how can i feed and survive and how can i breed and survive and then like you said Sometimes the breeding overweighs the survival. And I think the couple private spots that we got and the public that we've been scouting, yeah, I've been really keying in on the white oaks. Yeah. Because I can remember last year standing in my tree stand, surrounded by does, just crushing white oaks. And you can, they're so close you can hear them just crunching. You hear crunching? them crunching? Oh, yeah. I'm like, gosh, I'm so stupid. <laughs> you know why am i worried about growing a two foot tall turnip when yeah these deer falling it's like yeah. candy falling out of the trees over here they've been eating these white oaks for hundreds no thousands wonder of years i'm man. sitting on this beautiful apron food plot and i'm not seeing anything 
Meanwhile, yeah. the deer in the candy store over here just yeah. chowing down on white oaks for hours at a time. So Yeah, exactly. I think we focused a lot of our scouting on that. Um, cameras, probably running more cameras this year than, than I have at least. Yeah, um, I've got more cameras running. And, you know, they're big. You know, cameras, everybody's running them now. And you can't, I mean, you can't replace them. But, like, don't get caught up on just having a camera out and be like, I got, so another friend of mine, we always talk about this. Before cameras, you used to scout and hunt. You know, now you sort of just put you your camera. hunt to scout. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's sort of, it's backwards now. So don't get caught up on your cameras. They're a great tool and you got to use them, but. I mean, boots on the ground cannot be replaced, especially, like Clayton said, we're, we're checking out some new public land stuff, and you can't, you, I mean, you just cannot put a camera out and understand the land. you got to get out and put boots on the ground. So we, we turkey hunt it, you know, we're whitetail hunting it this year. The more time you can get on that ground and just walk it and figure out escape routes and where there are those white oaks and, you know, funnels and benches and all that stuff, I mean, I don't want to say anything that hasn't been said a thousand times, but it's so true. Like you can't, you can't out scout an area really. In my mind, you have to scout. I mean, you got to be smart about it as you get closer to season. But when I like to do a lot of my scouting is like our season ends in you know January, February, March, April. You can shed hunt, and there's usually you know snow, the runoff, the ground's really soft, so trails are really really um, visible that time of year. So just get out there and walk the ground and figure out, man, where the trails are in March and January and February. You know, that's a good starting part point for the, you know, that summer. Check it out. See where the food sources are because they change year to year. And then, you know, you'll find the bedding. And um, what's well, like the old saying, if you had, if you gave me eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend seven sharpening my axe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think it's the same thing. That's, like, that's, not everybody that's a great can be to, yeah. Lee Lakoski and has thirty-five cameras on his farm, hunts right. every day, and he's like, okay, you know, last night I I got a daytime picture of this buck here, so I'm gonna hang a stand right here. Like, I, I get to check my cameras every maybe three weeks. Yeah, it doesn't maybe happen. two weeks if I'm right. really over there a lot, but it doesn't like. The cameras don't affect my hunt as much right. as just know what's out there. I just like there. to open them like Christmas morning. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh man, look at this buck. Look at this bear. It's like you know? having a birthday every three weeks. Couple raccoons. That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These raccoons are sweet this year. And like, yeah. like today, I I checked a camera, and when you don't have something on your camera, like I think I need to start checking my trail cams cards right before i go to bed <laughs> so it doesn't ruin the rest of my day right but then you won't be able to sleep because i looked at the card at lunch and i'm like oh my gosh i don't even feel like doing anything the worst rest of the day afternoon. ever <laughs> this is terrible can't we're believe. five days from the season i got nothing on here yeah but so now i gotta i gotta figure out a different spot for saturday but, but there's a good point like now we think maybe and that's probably one of the best spots i got yeah, but we think maybe the camera wasn't close enough to the field or whatever. But there's an example where the the white oaks could have started falling, and this this camera he's talking about, which that's underneath a white oak. Yeah, so <laughs> there goes that. <laughs> that's true. But but an example, we had it on a food plot, or Clayton had this camera on a food plot, and it could have just been that the deer switched uh, feeding. I mean, we we think something happened with the camera that it, it wasn't close enough to. We don't know what happened. Anyway, there wasn't any pictures on it. It was just like impossible Super to believe. disappointing. But yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, but it's a point that if you got your camera on a green field now and the acorns start falling and you, and you lose your deer, or not lose them, but they're not showing up on your camera, that you just you got to get out there and start scouting and figure out, you know, Marjorie always, always talks about the MRI, the most recent information, and it's so true. I mean... Just because you had this buck at this spot in August means nothing as we, you know, five How days before this that? season. Like, who knows? That deer could have completely changed his pattern. That sucker could be in another county. Yeah, and when you're hunting like we are, you know, whether it be on 
public or small tracks. I mean, we don't have small tracks by some people's matters, but when you're talking... It's pretty small tracks overall. And, yeah, and in the grand scheme of things, a couple hundred of acres or, you know, um, that deer could be completely gone and you'll never see him again. He might come back during the rut, but I, I mean, the point is just to close out the scouting point is all you always got to be... I scout more during the season than I almost hunt, so... I mean, when I'm done, if I hunt morning and evening in, you know, on a Saturday in early season, I get on my stand at 10 or 11. All afternoon before I'm going to hunt that night, I'm scouting and checking out new areas and just making sure that you're on the, the hottest, freshest sign that you can be on. And I think it's like a daily, I know it is during turkey season, but probably even more last year during deer season, it's like a daily occurrence. As soon as we get out of the woods, you text me. What'd you see? And then I call you. Yeah. And then it's like we talk strategy for forty five minutes. Yeah. And you're like, gosh, you're lazy. You need to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like I saw this buck hundred and fifty yards away. I know where he's crossing. Yeah. And I really don't feel like moving my stand. Dude, move your stand. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what I always tell now Clayton tells me, Don't hunt lazy. That's my that's my don't number one lazy. one thing I say there during There needs to be probably any, like a decal. Yeah, don't hunt lazy. Or a t shirt or something. Don't hunt lazy. Yeah. So Because I think a lot of people do. I was listening to Ranella's podcast today and they were talking about two different types of deer hunters. I think it mainly pertains to rifle season. But they were like, You gotta be careful who you invite to your deer camp. Because there's two t- there's two types of guys. He goes, there's guys that are there to kill animals, and there's guys that are there to drink beer for three <laughs> straight days and get away from their wife, and like maybe mosey out to the stand for an <laughs> evening, say they didn't see anything, say it was a tough weekend, and then start drinking beer again. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. And he's like, and it's fine. Like that's fine. It's not fun with me. <laughs> not if you want to kill deer. It's not fun at my place. <laughs> you can drink all the beer you want, but when that alarm clock goes off, you better be ready to get it. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're exactly. sleeping in, and I come back from the hunt, and you're like, how did it go? I, I don't even want to talk to you. No. I didn't, yeah. No, I get you on that, yeah. You know, get out there. You got to get out amongst them. Get out amongst them. Yeah. You can't kill them from the couch. They're out there every day. Every day. I every don't know day. how they're out there every day sometimes, but they are. Yeah. But, I mean, the point is with the scouting is you just, you got to get out amongst them. You got to get out there. So, talking about bucks a little bit, Seth, why don't you tell me your philosophy on people overjudging <laughs> bucks? People overjudging bucks. And when we say overjudging bucks, people, we're not talking about ground shrinkage. Yeah. We're talking about killing a buck, putting your hands on said buck, and then taking pictures, sending texts. You know, he's probably pushing 140. <laughs> He's yeah. probably pushing 135, possible yeah. Pope and Young. Yeah, that, that 140 Put the tape on it. Yeah. 119. <laughs> 100. 100. Yeah. 115. Yeah, I mean... In I, Pennsylvania, I think we can both agree, central Pennsylvania. Yeah. A 140-inch deer is a special That's Yeah, deer. that's one of the nicest bucks in the area if it's a 140-inch deer, you know? And there may be people, like, around here, some spots I don't know about. I feel like I know yeah. the hunting community around Central PA, like, the back of my hand. Yeah. There may be some properties that I don't know about, but, like, you're not smashing 140s consistently every year. No. No. I around mean, here. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, in general, I, I hate... I mean, it's nice to have a scoring system, so, like... You, I didn't score my buck last year. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. I I just, I shouldn't say I hate it. I think it's, a, so many people nowadays hunt and they're like, they're not, they don't know if they're happy with the deer until they put a tape measure on it. And so like once they hear what it's scored, that makes them happy or not. And like to me. Right, and how bad of a feeling if you score it after you're all jacked up and then you're like, ah, 
Yeah, yeah, it's like, like what? Yeah, like oh man, this is a 140 inch deer, and you scored, and it turns out to be 120 or 115 or 125, and then, you're and then you're like, oh man, I really thought like that's terrible, and so like that goes that's back terrible. to like the new school, old school. I- I'm not into it. It's nice to have a measuring system to know like yeah, it's a great way to compare deer. Like man, that's a really big buck, but. Mo- <clears throat> I think it's a lot bigger think, in the Midwest where yeah, there are those big boys. Yeah, where we're hunting, a lot of people, I would say, in our area, if they've ever seen a 140-inch deer, they would call it a 170-inch deer. Like, there's not and that... it's the only story they tell at camp. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just a 140-inch deer is a really, really big deer for where we hunt. Now, you know... If somebody happens to listen to this podcast that lives in Iowa, like, you know, 140-inch deer to those guys is not that. So That's I guess, the guy that's texting and sees a 140, like yeah. the button buck we saw. Right, he's, he's like, like eh, I see a couple 140s pass. today. Yeah. Pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> yeah. Give him two more years. Yeah, exactly. You know, two-and-a-half-year-old 140, you know. But, I, I mean, so, so the scoring thing is – is um, I guess it's pertinent to where you live or relative to where you live and how you score deer. But where we live, if you if you kill a 140-inch eight-point, I mean, the vast majority of our bucks around here are eight points. It's really difficult to get a buck with eight points to score 140 inches. I don't care where you're at in the country. A 150-inch eight-point is a shooter buck almost anywhere you go in the country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so when guys say, oh, I saw this 140-inch eight-point, like, I'm sure it was a really nice deer and probably a deer you'd be tickled to death to shoot with. I just don't think they understand what it takes to get to 140 inches. That's a lot of bone. That's a lot of bone for eight points. Now, as you get, you know, a mainframe 10, you know, something like that, it gets a little easier. You get a couple extra points. But, I mean, my and, whole thing. And, and, and that that's what? Around here, four Five, six. You have any six-year-olds are living in Franklin County? Yeah, not many. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Not many. Not many. Not um, many at all. Not so, many whatsoever. I think pretty much the overall message there and what I've been doing, Yeah, I underestimate now because I don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. I'll see a 125 and I'm like, yeah, he's 100. Right. And he's probably closer to 100 than he he's is 125. He's probably like a 112, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But I'd rather be... Yeah, you don't want to be the guy out there that posts a picture on Instagram. Look at this 140-inch bucket. First off, nobody cares. It's, it's, like, it's like your dog or your kid. Like Nobody cares as much about that as you do, right? Like, like I killed this 140-inch deer. Okay, nobody asked, first off. Like, I don't care, really. There's one score <laughs> that people care about. And yeah. when it starts with a two, then people start yeah, caring. Yeah, yeah. Exa- or anything Boone and Crockett. Until it it's starts like, with a two. It's like the guy you go to the party and, and he gets his phone out. It. And he's like, you know, he gets his pictures out. And no, you're like, oh, look at this one my buddy shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait, you know. Nobody likes that. Nobody I'll just go and, I'm going to say it on the record. Nobody likes when you get your phone out. And you start looking through your trail camera pictures. Nobody, you know, really enjoys that that much. So, no. and then, and then once that guy breaks out his trail cam pictures, don't be the next guy who's the one-up guy. Like, no. <laughs> oh, hold but on. Look at hold this on. Buck. Hold on. <laughs> I was hoping you were gonna get yours yeah. out. Oh, so this is where we're going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess my message there is like. Who cares about the score? Like, get away from that. Just, it's nice. Score it yourself. You know, next year, okay, say you killed a 120 inch deer this year, 140. Maybe you did kill that 140. Maybe you killed a 150. Next year, set your goal for a 160 or whatever. So it's nice for that kind of stuff. But I mean, in general, on social media, it's so worn out. And, People post these pictures. I think there's a lot of people out there now that are trolling other people by posting small bucks and saying they score a lot just to see people's reactions. If and they are, that's genius. They take the bait, <laughs> man. I've been watching these few hunting pages, and they'll post a, you know, a, 
maybe 100 inch eight points. Just to like, get it right. Yeah, just got him back. He's 150, and people just eat it up. Like, just don't do it. Just don't comment on it. Go out and shoot the deer that makes you happy. It's like I say, you know what counts for my score is like how you felt when you pulled the trigger, right? If you is were this jacked make up. Hunting great again. <laughs> make hunting great Which again. Which by far great. is easily the best paid. Yeah, they, that guy gets it. He gets it. I think when I started following that dude, he had like sixty followers. He's a couple grand. And I was now, at the huh? cabin and I saw some picture and I was like, Seth, you gotta follow this dude. <laughs> and he his page is epic. Yeah. Um, one other thing that just kind of popped in my mind as relate, um, relating to Pennsylvania's deer's age. Yeah. Chronic wasting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you raised deer. Yeah. Pretty much since what, high school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your take, Bob? Oh, man. So that's a hot button. Keep I- it. PG here because I think yeah. we both had the same take. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's a hot topic right now. It's a hot topic. In PA. It's a hot topic. I mean, I honestly, so I mean, for people that don't know about it, I would say CWD was found in Pennsylvania, um, probably f- f- six years ago now. Probably, I mean, two thousand. That recent? Yeah, I mean, in the wild. I mean, we've known about CWD forever, and okay. the, like deer farming people have. Um, in the wild, I, I would say, don't don't quote me on it, but I, I want to say probably six years ago, M- maybe it's definitely less than ten. We'll just say that. Yeah, it's new. It's new. It's very new, and so like a so lot of opinions on this. Very, oh man, tons of opinions on, it. and nobody's probably right and nobody's probably wrong. At the end of the day, it's all a lot of opinions, but. I mean, for me, there's been no study that traces, not saying that it's not possible, I'm just, this is just my opinion, there's no studies out there that show that CWD can be transferred to a human, so eating it, so for example, eating the meat from a they deer. They did transfer to a monkey. It did transfer to a monkey. But... But, they served it obnoxiously yeah, large amounts. Yeah, and they served it specifically the part of the deer. So you only get it in like the brain stem, the spleen, the core. spine, yeah, that kind of stuff. That those those parts of the deer, they only serve the monkey those parts of which Okay, I shouldn't say nobody eats, but I don't eat them. I ate the brain once. Haven't done it since. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. It was good though. Yeah, I'll take your word for it on that. It was like pierogies. Really? Dude, I it was good. I sliced it thin mm-hmm. and kind of like froze it. Yeah. And then I breaded it. Yeah. Deep fried it. It still sounds good. It gross, was like dude. a mozzarella stick almost. <laughs> I liked it. It was like a mozzarella stick except and, it was deer brain. And I don't think... I, what, what's the uh, three years till you start seeing the sign of CW? It can be. This was probably eight years ago. So you're good. I'm good. I'm good. One hundred percent good. If it's, that's in the deer, it, yeah. If who it's knows? going slow, it's going real slow. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, you're but good. But I'll tell you this: I, it's not going to keep me from eating any deer I kill this year. Unless, no. Like if it visibly has CWD, which yeah. I don't think it will, because I think there is yeah way less deer with CWD in Pennsylvania oh. than the than the game commission thinks there is or or tries to scare people and tell them that there is. I'm the exact opposite. I think there's way more than they you think, think there's. You think there's more? Yeah, I think I think probably CWD has been in our state for the last... I mean, so deer farming early in Pennsylvania got big, I would say, close to 25 years ago. Um, I would say that CWD in the wild has been around i mean i have nothing to back this up on at all but i would say that cwd has been around for a lot longer in the wild than the pennsylvania game commission would tell you there's and nobody even knew about it like they either they didn't look for it or nobody asked about it. nobody it cared about it it just wasn't no it wasn't on anybody's radar right and so i think it, w- it was a few years ago for the first time ever in Pennsylvania, or at least since they started keeping records of it, 
that the average age of a buck harvest was over two and a half years old, I think. Normally, the average age of buck harvest in Pennsylvania People is one and a half. People are cringing right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And we're talking like fifty-one forty-nine, right? It's not a dramatic right. thing, but right. you know, all, that is an area I think social media is helping. Like people, the QDMA, all that stuff. Like people want to definitely like, helping the antler restrictions. Yeah, the antler restrictions, like all that stuff, is helping growing older, mature deer. And hunters are more aware of it. And I don't think there's many just, you know bloodthirsty hunters out there maybe there were there's once still ones. a lot of meat hunters yeah there's still a lot of poachers but yeah. i would say since i started hunting when i was 14 which i'm now 30 yeah 16 years is not that long of a time no i think hunting has done a, a 180 oh it's changed yeah i'm the same you know, I mean, I mean, I've been and it may just be forever, me but... in my perspective. No, you're a hundred percent right. And there's still those those old school guys out there. There is, but there's fewer and fewer. But like them. our generation, the generation coming up behind us. Yeah, I think people care more about like where their food's coming from, that they're shooting mature animals, that they're you know, honestly, that they're treating their meat properly. Well, and I, th- I, th- I mean, unfortunately, I think hunting's just a dying. A dying thing, and we can talk about that when we finish the CWD part. But I mean, I so to finish what I was saying, so CWD can stay in a deer for three, four, five years. I mean, I don't think there's any cases out there that long, but for a while, multiple years before it starts displaying symptoms. And so my my belief is we've been killing deer that had CWD all along. But nobody ever saw any symptoms. And just wolfing them down. Yeah, because we were killing them before they showed those symptoms, is what I believe. And so, I mean, our game commission, look, it's like, I understand to a point you want to try and do everything you can to slow the progression of it and stop it. But it's here. You're never going to get rid of CWD ever. Like, it's, it's not going away. Going and shooting 30 deer at night off some guy's farm. What is that going to do? That's not going to do anything. Like it's so I, I do believe in what they're doing with stopping. So you cannot bait. Can't bait. Which you can you can never bait in Pennsylvania. Can't feed minerals. Yeah, you can't do any of that stuff. I do believe in you that because be you able don't want to feed minerals and bait th- up to right. thirty days before right. the season. And you still can in other parts of the state that CWD hasn't been detected before the season starts up to thirty days. But I do believe in that because you don't want to congregate the deer together. So if one deer has it, okay, fine. Somebody will end up killing that deer or predator will. More than likely in Pennsylvania, a predator is going to be a human. And so that deer has gone and whatever. So, But if you congregate them into one site and one deer has it and it's transferred through the saliva and, you know, that kind of stuff, um, then, you you know, you can advance the disease rather rapidly. So I, I do believe in stopping that kind of stuff. But as far as going in and quote-unquote eradicating deer in a CWD area, well, like, what's a CWD area? Right. How do you know? How do you know? Like, they're, they're, it, Do they have a sign on their forehead right, like, that says we have CWD? Yeah, yeah, over here are the CWD ones. And I think, I think that's dude, a there's very, a, there's a I don't know. tragic overreaction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the game commission is sort of feeding on that to get their agenda through. And look, they're in a tough spot. You know, I, I don't want to downplay that. They're in a tough spot. I don't, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't, sort of thing. If but, you listen to them and only them, right? You would think yeah. there's CWD in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? It's in every soybean. Yeah. You know, right. it's. Right. Needless to say, we probably need to revisit that again. But yeah, that could be a whole podcast. That could by go itself. on for a long time. Yeah. Um, what were we going to talk about when we said CWD? We said we could talk about that topic. Hold. <laughs> All right, Seth. So one more thing before we wrap this up. Um, there's not many people talking about this. Other than the trolls in their comments. But I think we need to address this. And I'm not scared to get my thoughts out there about this. Can we go into social media huntresses? Please. (laughs) Um, I don't want to say anything negative. 
to start. <laughs> but there's a growing trend out there. Um, you see all these chicks on social media just showing their butts for likes. You know, doing whatever they can for likes. Um, picking up these crazy sponsorship pages just for likes. And it's transitioned into the hunting world. Um, and, you know, being in the gun industry, I get to go to SHOT Show every year. And I, it's super prevalent out there. Where the Instagram, quote-unquote Instagram model, is now transitioning into the hunting world. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of pretty faces out there in the hunting world. I think the legit women... Like the Tiffany Lakoskis, Melissa Bachmans, yeah, there's, Eva yeah. Shockey's. Yeah. Like probably Eva Shockey was probably started the whole thing, and she couldn't be more legitimate. Yeah. Um, but there's a growing trend out there where, and some of these girls are very legit. Oh yeah, they don't take hunt, it. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. kill stuff. They process their own meat. They cook their own meals. They have been doing it forever. Your girl Hannah Barron, the chick that noodles, she's insane. Yeah. She's a savage. Yeah. But there's a growing trend out there of, man, I, and, and I started this segment about huntresses, but this could easily go for a lot of guys out there <laughs> that are posting pictures in camo clothes with a new bow that may or may not have a rubber band between the limbs. <laughs> a red rubber band. I always store my bow that way. <laughs> I always <laughs> store my bow that doesn't actually shoot arrows that way. Yeah, especially um, after I shoot something. And there's a growing trend between those products putting their name on a pretty face that doesn't yeah. actually get it done. And I don't know if it's recruiting more young hunters in the world. I don't know. I don't know. But it's giving hunting a weird little name right now. It's very weird. Because you have these people out there portraying hunting in a certain way, taking pictures, if they do kill an animal, like very weird pictures, kissing the animal, posing Getting naked. Naked? 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 Dudes are doing it too, though. So let's not just... Like I said, dudes yeah, are doing yeah. it too. They're posing naked, yeah. you know, fish What is bra. up with that, man? What are y'all doing? <laughs> what are y'all doing? Why are what you kissing... What are y'all doing? Right. What are y'all doing? Stop it. Just stop it. Stop it, guys. Just stop it. Guys and girls alike... Like, you're right. Maybe the girls are, like, drawing in new young male hunters. Probably not. Females, too. Yeah, yeah that's I'm true. Sure there's Maybe there's, like, like, dude, I'm... look at this guy naked with this fish, dude. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm going fishing like, next week. <laughs> I guarantee you there's plenty of girls out there that, you're right. that you're see right. Eva Shockey, beautiful Eva Shockey, holding a big six-point bull in her, you know, beautiful Under Armour clothes, and they're like, Wow. I want to do that. I want to do that. That looks awesome. That's that's good. And that's yeah. very good. That's awesome. That's what we yeah. need. That's what we need. What we don't we... need is some chick in a thong shooting her bow off of a cooler. Yeah, it may yeah. get a lot of likes, but <laughs> that's not what we need right now. That's not what we're going for. That's not it's what not... we're going for. No. It's weird. It's just weird. It's weird, people. It's so weird. Um, I think we can all agree that that's weird. Um, it may get a lot of likes. You know, some from you, creepy weird. You dudes. see some of these people with a hundred thousand followers, and if you scroll through their pictures, bikini pics. I don't think I've seen an animal on there. <laughs> like, what do you do? What are you hunting? Here I am with my Why orca camo. What are you hiding from? Yeah, I'm. I'm aware of this. I'm aware of this camo bikini. Yeah. Oh, that's practical. Yeah, it's super practical. Yeah. No, I'm gonna. No, get but one. I luckily yeah. I have my thermosel to keep my legs from getting bit. <laughs> Hashtag thermosel. Hashtag thermosel. <laughs> it's exactly what it Hashtag is. Hashtag Acubo. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. It is a real and thing. Shop show's coming up in January, and I cannot wait to see it again. It's going to be so weird, dude. It's going to be very weird. Um. So. Yeah, so just stop it. Like, 
it's a weird thing that's going on. I mean, and it's sort of been an underlying theme. Like, we keep coming back to social media, everything we talk about. Yeah, let's, let's move on. One more yeah. thing, and then we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. Saturday, bow opener. Um, I'll be going. Yeah. Because I've been waiting for this since, what day did the season end last year? November. And I gun hunted, don't get me wrong. Yeah, November 11th. Middle like of November. November I've been waiting this yeah. pretty much since the middle of November. I've been putting in ridiculous hours on the tractor, ridiculous hours scouting. Probably um, my wife and my child are already upset with me for how much I've been away. <laughs> and started. hunting season hasn't even started. But they won't be mad when there's deer fillets just cascading in the cast iron skillet this year so i always tell my wife man you never get mad when you're eating yeah let me know when you can buy venison a giant (laughs) (laughs) um but i'll be hunting on saturday seth it's a a definite maybe for me right now may or may not penn state plays ohio state state plays ohio state Oh, um, someone's got him a ticket. Yeah, he's up in the air. I'm I'm on the fence right now with going to the Ohio State Penn State game in Happy Valley. White out. I'll be out there. Listen, the weather looks amazing. <laughs> it's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be a little warmer now than what they originally. A little bit warmer. That's okay. But morning should be should be, uh, hashtag Deercast. Hashtag Deercast. <laughs> should be great. What's up, Mark Curry? <laughs> should be great. Um, I. Th- I think morning should be great. Yeah, evening's going to be a little warm. You've been giving me hell about my morning spots, but I got one picked out now. Yeah. I got one picked out now. It's White Oak City where I'm going. Okay. All right. White Oak City. I'm listening. Recent clear cut. Oh, yeah. I like that spot. White Oak City. I think you know where I'm talking about. Yeah, I like that spot. Um, But, yeah, man. Give me like a couple minute rundown on your plans from now until November twelfth. Yeah, twelve. Uh, twelve. Twelfth. Yeah, it ends on a Monday. Twelfth, because I'm trying to go to Illinois on the thirteenth. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So the (laughs) in the air. The rundown is to hunt as much as possible. You know, we both work regular jobs like everybody else out there so hunt as much as possible hunt smart with the weather um focus the most on when the weather is right i mean i'm a big believer in that when the weather is good you got to hunt no matter what figure it out call off sick do whatever you got to do get out of work go hunt but so yeah um we're gonna try out this public land spot a couple times no doubt um clay and i will hunt a few times together for sure but we're gonna try and get one on film this year yeah we're gonna try and film i've been that's been a lifelong goal of mine is to film a hunt and so clay and i just started hunting together yeah we're rookies by the way yeah we've been we've been friends for a long time now but we've really only hunted seriously so clayton lived in baton rouge louisiana for like the last 10 years he moved back what two years ago go tigers go tigers yeah, LSU's a LSU's ahead of Penn State right now in the rankings. So what do you mean right now? For right now, um, so when did you move back here? Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Last last month it was two years. Last month, two years ago. So it's like two year, two solid years. Yeah. So we we hunted a a little bit, like maybe once or twice before that. Like I, we yeah. went on that turkey hunt. Killed a gobbler with you. Killed a gobbler. And then, other than that, that might have been the only time we ever went hunting together. I think it probably was. I think we maybe did like a hunt or two at the farm that year. I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, but so, so um, I've always had this dream of filming a hunt, and so uh, Clayton moved back, and we've been, you know, tore up with just freaking trying to get out and hunt as much as we can together and scout and do whatever we can, so... Hopefully this year we're going to make it happen. Uh, we got a spot picked out for the first week, and it's going to be doe, any mature buck. Um, there's one particular buck in this area that, you know, Clayton's got his eye set on, but hopefully we're just going to get a uh, 
a video of you know a harvest that's that's been a goal of mine since I was a kid, honestly, since I was probably 12 years old, dude. That's all I've ever thought about doing. So if you had one key yeah, to give the four people that are going to listen to this. <laughs> Not including our wives. Not including our wives. There's yeah. no chance my wife listens to Mm-mm. this. Uh, Maybe four minutes or so. If you had one key for one this key. year. For this year. What would it be? What, I mean, a key to what? What do you mean? Like, what do you think is going to make you successful this What's year? Gonna and make I can success- answer first. Okay. I know. Yeah, let me hear your thoughts because I'm not sure what you're looking for. I would say that what I learned from last year is be in the woods. Yes. Yeah. You can scout, which we've talked about extensively, which we've done extensively. Yeah. You can... Look at weather patterns. You can look at acorns. You can do whatever you want. But my one key factor this year is I have committed myself to... I'm still working my regular job. Yeah. Which is... That's our busy season. But my one commitment this year is every hour that I can be in a tree stand, I'm going to be in a tree stand. Because last year that's what I was, and I never saw that many mature bucks. Yeah. You know, because you never know. Yeah. Like, listen to Mark Drury. One day he'll say, like, oh, you know, it's 80 degrees. They're going to be they're gonna be laid low. And then the next day he's like, well, first warm after <laughs> six norths, and they're going to be going crazy. So you just got to be out there. Yeah. I mean, he's the same guy know. said he hunted every single day last year. He hunted year, every right? day. And I'm yeah. not going to be able to hunt every single day. No, I mean, that's unrealistic but, for most people. But... When you can hunt, hunt. you got to get out there. Like if Find you're laying in bed and you're like, man, it's raining. I probably shouldn't be out there. Yeah, you probably should. If you can hunt, hunt. Because you know, you never know. You know? You never know. You definitely yeah. won't kill a buck if you lay in bed. Yeah. Man, so that's your key. Uh, and now i got to come I, up with I don't one. have like an end-all, be-all, like yeah. do this this year and you'll be successful. No, I'll I mean, tell you, I'm also going to call more. When it gets to the rut, because last year I started calling a lot. Oh, yeah. I cold called in. I can't tell you how many bucks. Um, I had a lot of great encounters where I saw bucks that I didn't end up shooting. Um, but I called them right to the tree. And yeah. it, for me, I didn't shoot a buck in archery season last year. But, like, calling him into the tree, I didn't even need to shoot him at that point. Right. That's so much fun. Yeah. Because you know how I like the duck hunt. Oh, yeah. And I like to let them land on the water and then miss them as they're <laughs> flying away. But, like... Call, calling is... I mean, we could go it's into... Very, we could go into very fun. We could go into... I'm a big believer in calling, man. I think people... Because you're such a good turkey caller. I think it's just in your blood. <laughs> I think people underutilize deer communication, calling. Absolutely, they do. All times of season. There's probably... Thousands of Pennsylvania deer hunters that don't even have a grunt call. Yeah, even even or I killed a, a I killed a buck with my rifle in West Virginia last year, which is supposed to be after the rut in I, a high pressure area. In a high pressure area, I grunted him in. He was chasing a doe, and he was out of my life, man. He was gone, and I've and he stopped, and it was it was noisy. This deer was several hundred yards away in the woods. And I hit him with the grunt tube, and he looked, and I hit him again, and he just came in and gave me a shot at, you know, 125 yards, where I was a rifle hunt, don't, nonetheless, but deer are always vocalizing with each other. I mean, I learned that from raising deer, but if you spend enough time in the wild, you'll hear them. Fawns in the early season bleat to the mothers, you know, does bleat back to their fawns, they, or whatever you want to call it, bucks grunt, oh, you get a cold snap in October, I guarantee you a buck is grunting somewhere, man. Deer are always vocalized. All year round they're vocalizing with each other. So, I mean, yeah, we can... We can. And I think you've taught me that by hearing turkeys gobbling in August. Yeah. I can't tell you, I bet you there is a small percentage of people who have heard a turkey rip three gobbles in a row yeah. in July. Yeah. 
people yeah. think they only gobble. No, they gobble April, all the time. May. They yeah. let it rip. You just got to be out there that's, with them. That's it, man. They're out there every day, and so I mean that. I mean that's a great key point for anybody. Hunt whenever if you got an hour to hunt, find a spot that you can hunt by your house. Maybe you're not in a position where you can drive five minutes to get to the woods. Maybe you got to drive forty five. Figure out a place where you can go and jump in a tree or sit in the ground blind, or whatever you got to do. But if you want to be successful, you got to be out there. And Seth and I have access to solid private land. You know, my family has a farm. Yeah. I got a, I got some farms around Chambersburg that we can hunt. Um, you know, Seth's got a lease, a, a cabin that he likes to hunt at. But people, we have been kind of turning our focus towards public. Yeah. Because it's awesome. Yeah. And when you kill something on public, like that gobbler this year, you yeah. killed a gobbler in public in West Virginia, Yep. nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can say, well, if I had this farm, I would be killing deer and turkeys too. Right. No. <laughs> you could have killed that turkey too. I own the public <clears throat> land. You own the public land. Seth owns the public land. We all own the public land. There is beautiful public land all around South Central PA, all over the world. All the elk hunts I've been on have been on public land. Get out there. Take advantage of it. No excuse. There's no excuses. None. None. Get out there. Get it done. Don't hunt lazy. This is our first episode. Um, For the four people that are going to listen to this, (laughs) thank you so much. Um, I think we're going to sign off for the night. Yeah, just be safe, too. I mean, we didn't talk about... The uh, be safe. The ticks. Yeah, if you're hunting in Pennsylvania, guys, spray, spray down. down. Man, the ticks are so bad. Uh, Permethrin Sawyer's makes an awesome product. We were just talking about like you got to be safe out there. Since I started wearing it, yeah, the stuff is amazing. The ticks are terrible where we live. If you live in Pennsylvania, you know the ticks are bad. Spray down. Get outdoors. Enjoy it. Like you only get to live this one time because that because the third week in november it'll be gone and you wish you got out there more. yeah exactly it's, i always tell clayton like <laughs> next week you can sleep in man like when you're burned out yeah wake up yeah drink some coffee and go to your stand yeah you can sleep in next week <laughs> yeah you can sleep in all year long and then wait till the next year exactly just get out there have fun don't post too much stuff on social media and go crazy with it. Enjoy it. But, yeah, this is the first episode. Um, yeah. so Loved it. Loved it. Good luck hunting, guys. Out.